Hi, my name is Mikkel Snyder. My PSN is Chimeric Notion. My friends call me Chim. I have been saying the word beta to myself at my apartment um, for the last two hours now. Um, just literally going beta, beta, beta. I'm not, I'm not even kidding. That's the sad part. Um, and as you may know, the Destiny 2 beta goes live tomorrow for those who have pre-ordered on the PS4. My voice and my expressions do not properly convey the hype that I have. Um, this is a podcast without light. So last episode we talked at length about how Destiny 1 served as an anchor <laughs> um, to my life between uh, 2014 and 2017. And as the clock slowly ticks down to the glimpse of the future we're going to get to tomorrow, today's episode is discussing what I think is probably the biggest fundamental shift that's occurring between Destiny 1 and Destiny 2. And that is role definition. In Destiny 1, the word role never really came up, at least not explicitly. In PvE, anything before the endgame content could be completed with any loadout and any strategy. You and your fire team were expected to manage ads, DPS the boss, and do the occasional mechanic. It didn't really matter who did what, as long as it was done, and for the most part, you could do it without any particular loadout to varying degrees of success. In the endgame, specifically the Four Raids and Prison of Elders, the same structure was there, with the exception that there were a select number of weapons that were definitively the best for a particular encounter, and your loadout could be pretty tailored for each one, and as such, it would often make sense for all six of you to have the exact same loadout. There was no real impetus for, like, diversity at all. Um, in PvP, well, the running joke is that every game mode is just clash for some objective. Your role basically was a question of which range do you thrive in. Are you a long-range assassin? Are you a close-range warrior? Are you a mid-range tactician? Your class and your subclass gave you a little bit of specialization. Gunslingers, strikers, and voidwalkers were single target shutdowns. Nightstalkers, stormcallers, and sunbreakers were at control. Blade dancers, defenders, and sunslingers had an unbridled amount of utility. But your roles in the ad control DPS mechanic cycle existed outside of this subclass definition. Sure, certain subclasses help more than others, but hypothetically, right now, you could log in with six identical accounts, with six identical loadouts, and do pretty much any encounter without any issue. Destiny 2 thankfully does not sound like that. In Destiny 2, there has been a large restructure of the class and weapon systems. Classes now have more defined identities than they ever did before. 
the Fist of Havoc, Orkstrider's Staff, and Dawnblade allow for tight crowd control. The Sentinel's Shield and Ward of Dawn provide a unrivaled utility. The classic Golden Gun and Nova Bombs with specialized assassination skills. And if all of this just sounds like I'm repeating what I said in the last section about supers, y you would be correct. Um, nothing much has changed in terms of what the supers do, how they function. But what has changed is that they have added class abilities, and these class abilities further push all of them into a particular role. The Titans getting a wall enforces the tank tactics. The Warlock Rifts enforces a magical utility. The Hunter Dodge enforces a trickster's flare. Suddenly, Titans become unparalleled in their ability to lock down an area. Warlocks can control the flow of battles. Hunters can tactically navigate the field. They suddenly meet the Warrior Rogue and Wizard archetypes that we talked about a couple episodes ago. Already, our classes start having a distinct mechanical advantage that was not as apparent in Destiny 1. The weapon restructure is the second part to this new role definition world, and probably the one that matters a lot more. In Destiny 1, the primary special and heavy weapon system allowed you to basically cover all roles at any given time. The primary was strong enough to handle crowd control, snipers and heavies could manage most DPS, and if need be, those same heavies could clear out waves of ads in PvE. The kinetic energy power system forces a bit more of this role definition that I think Bungie is seeking. The new, more defined functional ranges of kinetic and energy weapons means that these weapons will have the niches that they were always supposed to. For once, the scout rifles were actually dominant at the longer ranges, mid-ranges, pulse rifles and hand cannons, and potentially auto-rifles will all have a place where they shine for different player abilities and skill levels. Short range, we also see that with the submachine guns and sidearms. Different weapons will now suddenly reward precision or tracking at their respective ranges. And the power weapon diversity will appeal to a wide range of playstyles. Shotguns and swords will clear out swatches of ads as a trade-off between ammo efficiency, stopping power, and safety. Fusion rifles and line fusion rifles become a Swiss army knife of a weapon. Snipers retain their DPS at a safe range, while grenade and rocket launchers, depending on their perks, will be versatile at pretty much any role with slightly different ammo restrictions. How exactly this will play out, we'll see. With the beta happening tomorrow, we'll actually get a chance to like see how these weapons feel, both in a live environment in the world of Destiny 2 and in the Crucible. But with this idea of lock loadouts and this reduced chaos in the new 4v4 preview pre-modes, 
we're likely going to see a couple minutes dedicated to talking out what gear we're bringing and what we want to do rather than just rushing in and being sort of like, okay, I have my stick, you have yours, let's do this. That's, that's a really nice change of pace. Let's not talk about Destiny 1 like it didn't have any roles though. It did, to an extent. Certain encounters did require some more thought than just blindly rushing in. But for my particular group, the roles that mattered more were the social dynamic that we had. Sun and I had encyclopedic knowledge of the PvE and PvP gameplays respectively. He could do certain activities drunk off his ass that I've had a lot of groups struggle with doing sober, and I just played the game too much and learned what was effective and what was the meta. Um, Cad is one of the most technically sound players you'll ever run with. He will never die, even when we ask him too nicely because all of us are already dead. JMO is a reliable workhorse of the player and always picks up our slack for us. Even our newest additions offer very important roles to our dynamic now and we can't imagine playing without them. Peter amplifies our shenanigans and provides us with a much needed levity and when the cards cool down, he still comes through every time. Ben is the surgical knife to JMO's hammer. When we need precision and a complicated task done, he is there to pull through for us while we're trying to handle everything else. It's a good dynamic. It's something that works. Group dynamics matter. If you remove one of us from the equation, we still exist, it's just not nearly as fun. You lack either encyclopedias, you suddenly lose interest and access to half of the game. You lose the precision player, the hammer, the knife, you start struggling to do encounters. You lose the levity of it, you're susceptible to burning out and crashing. I get to go into Destiny 2 with a bunch of assholes, but they're some of my best friends. I've gotten to know them over two, two and a half years. I've met one person, I'm meeting the other one soon enough. We're gonna spend most of the beta side by side, right in the trenches with each other, discussing what the future looks like. We're going into the first Destiny 2 raid together, and we're planning to spend hours finishing it, debating the loadouts and the roles that we play. It's gonna be fantastic, and the chance to do that, the ability to lean more into this fantasy, that's something special, and that's something I'm commending Bungie for, like, making me hype about. Because I'm really, really fucking hyped. Beta. 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 Um... <laughs> Yeah, I, I wasn't kidding when I've said I've just been sitting around my apartment saying the word beta to myself. Um, I recorded that because it was a little bit silly, but so is the rest of my life, honestly. Um, this particular week is going to be 
Destiny 2 beta reactions and Destiny 2 beta faults. There's going to be a lot of episodes that are going to be sort of stuck in time, which is a byproduct of live reactions to limited time events, but it's going to be worth it. Um, episodes will still be made because I like archiving things and I don't want to lose anything to the ether. Um, but to close out this episode, um, I wanted to thank everyone who's managed to listen to me and all of the future listeners who are backtracking through these logs. Um, yeah, no, my clan opened up its Discord channel for the first time. We're talking about getting a Google Calendar set up so that way we can schedule things better. I've gotten my friends hyped about this game. I am still hyped about this game. Tomorrow, I'm going to wake up at fucking 6 a.m. so that way I can get to the office at 7 so I can leave at exactly 3.30. So that way I can be back here at 4 and get as much time on the Destiny New beta with my friends. It's, it's strange times. My life is not anywhere near as put together as I think a lot of people like give me credit for. And that's also including myself. I don't think I'm giving myself enough credit. Because I get to do stuff like this. I get to do grad school and write and work. And produce content that I really enjoy. And as I keep saying beta, beta, beta to myself. Um, I found it important to recognize that it's weird times. It's gonna keep being weird times. But thank you for letting me share drawing this world. I hope this could brighten your day, Guardians.